The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Welcome to the Chronic Podcast with host Ralph Malbro and featuring bloggers Andrew Juge of SaintsNation.com, Kevin Held of The Team Drops the Ball, and Dave Cariello of Canal Street Chronicles. This podcast is nothing but serious football talk and hardcore analysis. Which four of you would survive the longest in the zombie apocalypse, and in which order would you die? Well, Ralph, no offense, you're going first. Oh, definitely. <laughs> no, 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 no. The zombies would smell Dave's sugar blood and target him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They'd get his. <laughs> I don't even have a joke, Dave. <laughs> Dave. Dave smells like nougat. Now here's your host, Ralph Malbrough. All right, welcome to the Chronic Podcast. I'm your host, Ralph Marlboro. As always, we are sponsored by the Pelican House, 2572 City Place Court. You can watch LSU baseball, or you can watch the best team in the major leagues, the Houston Astros, as they destroy the American League every single day, 18-7. and seven. Enjoy it while it lasts. My wife is already looking to purchase postseason tickets. The Pelican House, 2572 City Place Court. They have 136 draft beers, 50-foot TV, all kinds of fun stuff. You should, is, you should is LSU them because, still number one in baseball? I think they are. So the Pelican House, go there. You should support them because they support us. All right, we are joined by da- – we are joined not by Dave. Dave is MIA. He'll be here eventually maybe. We are – so um, – my theory on the draft, and I did it in my WWL column today, is you got to play the percentages. And Kevin, you know, your theory was don't trade up. You need as many picks as you can. And the more I thought about it, the the reason I like this draft so much is because look, we all know the Saints suck at linebacker, and they suck at drafting linebackers. So they pick three. So Kevin, the odds of all three being terrible are pretty low. So I feel pretty good that at least one of these linebackers they picked are going to be pretty good, among other things. Yeah, it's a pretty good roll of the dice. I, I would feel comfortable with that. I I think that, again, if you've got guys that can just come in and play and contribute for a handful of years, then it was good. I mean, as, as long as we're not looking at them – as long as we're not looking at them like gaps, then then I think it, I think it was a good draft. All right, one more question for you, Kevin, before I get Andrew. Um, I read online that Mickey Loomis and Sean Payton were like dying to trade up, and Jeff Ireland kept convincing them not to. I like to think that every time Payton and Loomis wanted to trade up, Jeff Ireland was like. Man, the phone's not working. I'm gonna go get I. I'll call it, and then the player that the Saints wanted to trade up for would get drafted, and it would pass, and he would just repeat it over and over again. How do you like to pre- pretend in your mind that Jeff Ireland convinced them not to trade up? Uh, <laughs> knockout drugs. <laughs> like he would just ether ether both of them. <laughs> Andrew. Um, most people today in my in my email were not happy with the Saints draft. They were they they didn't like the linemen uh, that they picked in the first round. They didn't like the quarterback. We'll get to that in a second. But your overall thoughts on the draft after getting a little time to think about it? Yeah, I think it it's very clear to me. I think if you look at there's a common thread with each pick. And I think P.J. Williams is really the only one that stands out as maybe slightly different from a personal character history standpoint. Um, but I, I think you, you can you can disagree with the Saints' plan. You can disagree with how they attacked the draft. Um, but I don't. I think wh- where you, where you kind of have to point to the Saints and say they did an excellent job is. They, they, it's very clear that they had a specific vision in their execution of that vision. Now, first of all, the vision was to get tough, smart, 
high character football players that um, that play the right way uh, and that were productive in college and not get hung up on a bunch of potential players that, um, you know, have a checkered past or that weren't very productive in college. And I think every single guy they drafted checks out on that list. So I, I literally think you can blame their plan but you can't question the execution of that plan because as far as that's concerned, uh, all of these guys feel like Saints players to me. Kevin, what player that they drafted has the potential to be the most fun? Oh, well, I mean, I think the easy answer, I think the easy answer is the quarterback because what does he have to do? He doesn't have to do shit, really. (laughs) All he has to do is not get run over by a mascot driving a golf cart. (laughs) And not – I haven't forgotten that, McPherson. Yeah. And and essentially not be be an absolute dumpster fire. And he's going to be the second string guy. And then, and the beauty of it is, people people can complain and say whatever, but he's going to get at least two years, maybe even three, in the catbird seat, where he gets to sit back and do whatever. And the fun stuff is going to be just hearing everybody piss and moan about him sitting on his ass, because people are going to be like, "Could he use that pick?" <laughs> on another player we could have packaged this with something else and we could have somehow gotten Andrew Luck off the Colts I'm just saying I'm just saying I, I mean Andrew you know Kevin brought it up so let's just jump right into it at first I was like ah quarterback but the more I thought about it is Sean Payton hadn't spent a draft pick that matters on a quarterback his whole time with the Saints. If he wants to, if he thinks Grayson is the guy and he's intrigued by him, doesn't Sean Payton at least, don't we have to at least give him that much rope? He gets one quarterback pick every nine years. If he thinks, yeah, if he absolutely. thinks great, if he thinks Grayson's the guy, I mean, his quarterback development track record is Tony Romo, Drew Brees, and oh, uh, Chase Daniel, he's pretty good for the Chiefs. You know, so his track his track record for. Yeah, I mean, he's the backup though. But I mean, he, but he he's a fun. I mean, he, put it this way: Chase Daniel, as if if you rated backups one to thirty two, Chase Daniels would be top five in the NFL, I think, for backups. Yeah, top ten anyway. Sure. Yeah. I think so. I I think if you're a Saints fan, the main thing is at least they didn't pick a quarterback in the first or second round. You know, third round starts to feel like he's not necessarily the heir apparent. You know, I, I feel like a third round quarterback's like, we like this guy. We think he's talented. We think he has potential. We'd like him to understudy with Breeze still on the team. And hopefully in two, three years down the road, he could develop into a starter for us. But um, I, I would be more worried about the end is nigh with Drew Breeze if they picked a guy in the first round. Uh, to me, this still feels like maybe a bridge to the next quarterback. And like, yeah, we're going to develop this guy. He's maybe a little bit of a holdover. But we're not panicking that it's the end with Drew Brees because they selected this guy on the third round. So Yeah, and it could also be a case of, you know, if we have him rated here and we don't pick in the fourth round. So if we don't pick him here, he's not going to be there. So yeah, we, ha- and we have look, to pick him here. I, I get why the Saints – I mean, I was frustrated too. You know, I, I didn't want a quarterback in the third round. And I think the Saints just – like you said, I think they felt like they had to make the move in the third round because in the fifth round they weren't going to get a guy. Now, it turns out they maybe could have landed Hunt, Hunt, Hunley of UCLA in the fifth round, I think. But, um, you know, the, going into it, I don't think they thought that they would have a shot at that. So um, – I get it. I don't love it. I know a lot of fans don't like it. Um, I felt comfortable with Luke McCown and Ryan Griffin being the backup situation. I don't know how much Garrett uh, or Grayson offers the Saints in year one this year in 2015. I don't know that he's the clear backup and that he's better than what Ryan Griffin or Luke McCown would give the Saints. So it'll be interesting to see. Um, For me, the most exciting pick was a seventh rounder. I mean, the guy ran back seven touchdowns kicks for touchdowns uh, in his college career, Murphy. And I just think Jalen Saunders, 
Yes, yeah, seven for his career. Holy shit! And so I, I really like. No, I'm really excited liked, about him. Damn. I really like. I really like Jalen Saunders, and I think that's going to be a great, great camp battle that I'm excited about seeing those two guys go up against each other. And you know, he's a great receiver out of the backfield. He's five eight, so uh, he's. I think he's going to be an immediate fan favorite. You know, with Sean Payton, he's probably going to make a lot of plays in preseason, and uh, you know, if he makes the team as the fourth running back and. Uh, wins the return man job and you know gets touches here and there and he's an explosive player I think that's a guy we could come to really like I like and I'm gonna butcher his name even though Andrew told me like six times in the pregame uh Kikaha Uh, nailed it I nailed it uh I I like him I think he's gonna be Andrew I think he's gonna be I know you like him too but I think just looking at his video on YouTube like he destroyed people in the Pac-10 and I don't I mean his measurables weren't I mean, they're not god awful. He ran a bad forty, but he's got that. He's got that thing that good pass rushers have, Andrew. I don't know what the technical term for it is. It's like that lean where you get around the edge and you can like manipulate your body a certain way. He seems to have that. And to me, like of all the the physical skills that a pass rusher needs to have, that's to me like one of the two or three most important. And he's got it. Well, Kevin will like this. He's a wrestler, you know, and so I think he's, he's got he's got the body balance and just he, he's just got the technique. And so, I, you know, there's a lot of speed rushers out there. Um, some never develop besides their speed. And you, you see tons of speed pass rushers that get drafted early that never amount to anything. Hopefully um, Vic, Vic Beasley will be like that. Yeah, I mean, yes, hopefully. But <laughs> you, you you look at Kikaha, and he's just a guy that gets to the quarterback. He's done it already. He he has proven that he is a guy that consistently gets to the quarterback. And so I'm sorry, but I'm I'm not going to pay much attention to 40 times when the proof is in the pudding with that guy. And all and right. you just look at his strength, his moves, his technique, his power, all of it. Um, he he uses different ways of getting to the quarterback, and that variety is going to serve him well in the NFL. Kevin, uh, what was the pick that you were like, fuck, I don't like that pick? Hmm. I have to take another – I just had the damn list pulled up. Oh, I thought this was going to be a slam dunk for I you. Know, I know. It's got to be the trade-up for the corner in the fifth round. Uh, you see – Come on, Kev. They traded up. The cardinal he, sin of, of Sean Orleans drafting. I mean, that's the cardinal. I mean, that should be the cardinal sin of anybody, really. But I mean, I didn't. It. it I, I don't know. Like that. When I heard about it, it didn't bother me. It didn't, it didn't bother me. I guess I was wow. so. Petri- I guess I was just so petrified that they were going to do it in the first three rounds. That by the time they got to round five, I was just like, okay. Um. Actually, I think the pick that just had me going, like, uh, more so than Garrett Grayson. And, and and you can go back and listen to my response when Ralph actually asked if they draft a quarterback early, what my reaction would be. And I said something like an emoji shrug. <laughs> um, and that was about it. But PJ Williams, I was like, wait a second, wait a second, wait a second. We're going to draft a cornerback from Florida State whom people say is probably better suited to play safety. So essentially – and he had a getting, DUI three weeks ago. Essentially, we're getting the old, run. yeah. Essentially, we're getting the old Malcolm Jenkins tweener. So it's, it's kind of like Malcolm Jenkins meets Patrick Robinson. Oh, that's the yeah. Life. That's yeah, the exactly. Life. That's like and so. I was just kind of like, eh, I don't know about that, guys. Yeah, that sounds delightful. I was gonna say the pick that I didn't like, and I thought Kevin would beat me to it, but how do you say it, Swan? Or Swain? Swan. Swan. Here's the reason. If you look at the Saints' corners now, Andrew, you got Swan, Keenan Lewis, Brandon Browner, Kyle Wilson, Devin Bro, Frederick, Brian Dixon, Stanley Jean-Veptiste, and P.J. Williams. How many are they going to keep out of there? Five? Yeah, five or six. But you know the old adage, you can never have too many corners. And look, the only two that we know are going to at least be decent is we know what we're going to get out of Lewis. And you hope Brandon Browner, he, yeah. he's going to be physical and he, at least he's starting quality. But behind those two, uh, I think you need a ton of bodies. And the Saints are bringing a ton of guys in because they're hoping one or two will pan out. And that's well, here, the bottom line is last year, 
Champ Bailey doesn't work out, and literally yeah. every guy they threw out there was a disaster. Here's my question, Kevin. The the, the thing that I, when I thought about it more today, even after I turned in my column, which I wish I would have put this in, I think the pirate Stanley Jean Baptiste is on notice now. Like they, they there's not going to be room to redshirt him now again, right? Like he's got to show them something in training camp, or he might be cut. Hmm. You just mm, no no agreement. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm, as an agreement. I mean, it, they'd have to bite the bullet to cut him, Andrew. It would be like a big we fucked up. But the Saints aren't afraid to do that. No, so. they're not afraid to do that. They've done that many times. And I think the thing that's tough about him as a player in particular is he's not really because of his height. Um, he, he can't really do special teams. You know, he's not really yeah. a. You know, so he doesn't really have the body for special teams, and he doesn't really have the body to be a nickel guy. So really, he's kind of either got to be an outside guy, a starter, or I don't really see a place for him on this team. Um, now, the only the only scenario where I, I think he could be of some use because of his size is red zone stuff. You know, if if you're playing the Patriots and you need to stick a guy on Gronk in a four receiver set or you're, you need to stick a guy on Megatron. You know, I mean, that's probably Brandon Browner's job, but I'm just saying if you get in the red zone and you need a tall corner to match up against someone like that, um, then I could see him kind of having a situ- situational passing role for the Saints, but they're not going to carry a guy on the roster just to plug him in in, in situations like that. Yeah. Um, so I think he's severely on notice because he can't really do nickel. He can't really cover the slot. And he can't really do special teams. And I, I think unless he improves so much that they're like, yeah, this guy's actually kind of pushing to be a starter. Um, I think there's a real, very real chance that he gets cut. Or at least shipped out for like a fifth. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, nobody's uh, given up a fifth for him at this point. He's shown Kevin, nothing on tape. Kevin, I've got $100. And I'm sending you to Vegas. And you have to bet on the over-under for starts in 2015 by Andres Pete. And the over-under for starts is two and a half. More starts or less starts for Andres Pete than two and a half? I'm going to take the over. Ooh. I'm going to take the over. I, th- I think that – I don't – God, why am I taking the over? Um, it just – the two and a half, you must be really good at this then, because the two and a half seems seems like the obvious take it. Um, but you're you know you're asking me to explain it, and I'm just thinking, well, surely there will be uh, an injury to you know somebody on the line, or surely somebody on the line will not play well enough. You know, Streif is missing a game or two with ankle and knee ailments. Yeah. So I mean, you, you and then you almost have to depend. You almost have to think that at some point, one game Drew is going to get pounded, and people are going to scream to put the uh, to put the rookie in. That's true. I didn't think of that. And let's let's think if the Saints aren't if the Saints are still are fighting at five hundred and battling for a a wild card spot, there may be desperate. There may be not so much desperation. But, well, yeah, fuck it. I'll use the word desperation. There may be desperation to say, screw it. Let's see what this guy's got because we might as well try that out now. Yeah. Well, the thing is, though, I mean, Charles Brown was so bad that when Sean Payton pulled the plug, he'd like, I'd seen enough. And he was kind of really dismissive of Charles Brown. And Charles Brown deserved it as such. Um, but Streif and Armstead have a track record of being good. Andrew – over under starts two and a half for Andres Pete. I'm gonna say over. Uh, maybe a come. Maybe he impresses if he if he comes. You know, um, I don't really see him starting or playing a guard. I don't yeah. really see either of the other starting tackles getting moved. Um, so I, I really think, especially with this team and the lack of a super stud tight end. I mean, we'll see what happens with Josh Hill, but. I really think we'll see a, a more of a commitment to the run, uh, more of an a, an offense designed f- 
for Breeze to age more gracefully. Yeah. Um, I, th- I think the days of Breeze throwing for 5,000 yards are probably over. Um, and I think we may so 4, see 4,900 then is what you're saying. Right, right. Yeah, the, 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 the Drew Breeze of 4,700 yards is, you know, the, in the twilight of his career is what we're looking at now. But, um, no, I, I think we'll see the, the tackle-eligible third tight end situation. I think we'll see more of that. Um, and I think Pete is a guy that would be um, a great candidate to, to bring that back just because of his skill set. Yeah. Um, we don't have Dave tonight, so can we do the best pick of the Sean Payton era? Yeah, I mean, in fact, this might be better because, we'll, you know, we won't have any ties. Yeah. All right. Well, let, we're going to do that, and then we will get to – Because who knows when we'll get Dave back. I mean, you know, he's got babies and, you know. Yeah. Oh, we got before we get to before we get to the bracket. Um, Kevin Lyle Collins didn't get picked. He's he's having dinner with uh, Rex Ryan and the Bills tonight. Uh, what should the Saints do to try to get him to sign with the Saints? And what is what as fans should we do on Twitter to try to convince him to sign with the Saints? Say we will not ask him to take a DNA test. <laughs> no, Kevin, we want him to sign. We don't want him to run away. No, no DNA testing. No, but, you know, well. I mean, Andrew, if the Saints could somehow rope him in, I think it's going to be hard for them because I think he wants to play tackle because that's where the money is. Mm-hmm. So to convince him to play guard would be – I think it's it's an, it's a little bit of an uphill battle for the Saints. But if the Saints would somehow convince him to sign – could you argue that it's potential? It, it's the best Saints draft in history, right after the draft. Like I know 2006 is going to be hard to measure up to because it was just awesome. But if they sign Collins, they'll have basically gotten three first-round picks. Oh yeah, I, I think if they if they are able to corral him, and especially then then your competition at left guard, whoever emerges as the starter there, you feel great. I mean, even if Lolito beats Alel Collins, which I don't think would happen, uh, I think you feel awesome about uh, that position too. And the, the line would just be incredible. And, and young, younger, so much younger and getting better. And um, I, I would be really excited about the offensive line if they were able to find a way to get him. Dave's boyfriend could run for fifteen hundred yards. Oh man, tell me about it. I mean, it's gonna be it's gonna be real interesting. I mean, can you imagine an interior of L. Collins, Max Unger, and Jari Evans? That's that's, I mean, that's ridiculous. That's just a physical and, interior. And you'd even feel I mean, not that you want injuries to hit, but if injuries would hit, you'd feel okay. You wouldn't feel great about it, but you'd feel pretty good because you, if 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 Collins or Evans would get hurt, you plug in Lolito, and if if one of the tackles you have Pete. I mean, that's that. That means you're seven, eight deep at the on the yeah. line. And don't sleep on Kelamete either. Yeah. Um. Now we're gonna finish up the 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 best Sean Payton draft pick tournament. Kevin, we're in round three. So number one, let's see, number one C Jari Evans versus uh, Reggie Bush, the number nine seed. Jari Evans. Yeah, I Jari Evans seems like he's a he's a really strong person to win this thing. I, I'm gonna go Jari Evans too, but I will say this about Reggie Bush. Reggie Bush, he might not win this, but man, he was fucking fun, and I would do the I would do the Reggie Bush pick again, knowing exactly how he turned out. I would still pick him, Andrew. No, two. well, well, you won Hello. a Super Bowl with Reggie Bush. You know, so I think based on that alone, um, I think it justifies the pick. But yeah, Jari Evans, he, he's he's he may end up being the only Sean Payton draftee that makes the Hall of Fame. He's the only one that I would say has a shot at this point. So. He's got to and he's got to get working though. He's got to for guards. You got to you got to get like double digit Pro Bowls. Oh yeah, he's he's got a ways to go. But I'm just saying right now he's the only Sean Payton draftee that has a shot. Uh, the next one's 13, Zach Streif versus number five, Thomas Morstead. Uh, as much as I want to pick Morstead here because of he's a great punter and ambush and all that, 
I'm going to go Streif because, man, if you did a redraft of 06, Streif wouldn't be a seventh-round pick. He'd probably be like a late-to-middle first-round pick. So I'm going to go Streif. Andrew? I'm going to go Morstead because he's got the kickoff touchback record in NFL history. He is like second or third all-time for a season in net punt average. I mean, we're talking NFL records here. We're talking I mean, some of the, he's, the seasons he's put together are the best all-time. Um, so, I mean, we're talking about a punter that stacks up against Ray Guy and, and the best ever uh, with some of the seasons he's had already. And he's been to a pro. Do you know how hard it is to make a as the punter? Yeah. Um, I just think for specialists, it's even and uh, neither do the players. And so I just think you got to be in a big um, – so I'm going to pick Morstead. He's been to a Pro Bowl Street hasn't. Kevin? I'm going Morstead. Oh, Morstead. Um, so here's, here's the deal. The draft that Morstead was in, how many picks did the Saints have? Was it four or was it five? Five, I think. Okay. So – when you're in a draft and you only have five picks, you have to make every single one of them count. Like they have to be position of value. It's got to be. It's got to be. Like you need guys that can come in and contribute. Stat. Now, they go in and they pick up a, a freaking punter, and everybody, myself included. It was lost. four, by the way. Four, even better. We yeah. all lost our collective shit over it. A punter. And you've only got four picks. So, you know, this punter better be fucking good. Not only is he good, he's great. So he justified being one of only four picks in a, in that draft year. So that alone... uh makes him extremely worthwhile and then oh yeah he's you know he's got these records and the ambush thing but i mean he was one of only four picks that the fucking team had yeah and wasn't that the year that it, that was the like that draft was ahead of the season that they won the super bowl yeah it was malcolm jenkins morstead and that's about it who else in that i don't remember nobody else comes to mind so Morstead wins. I mean, that. I, I'm ready to say Morstead is ahead of Tommy Barnhart as the best oh. punter in Saints history. And Brian Hansen was really good for he was. I mean, Brian Hansen led the league a couple times, I think. Yeah, he was good. Um, but I think Morstead's the best punter in Saints history. And I mean, I would say Streif is not even top five tackle in Saints history. So yeah, so it's easy pick for me. so Morstead. So this one's really interesting, and I'll start this one off. Uh, Marcus Colston, two seed versus Carl Nix, the seven seed. And the reason I'm going to say this one's really interesting is, you know, Colston is the, the best receiver in Saints history. I think that's probably not debatable at this point. But the thing that's interesting about Carl Nix is he was awesome for the Saints. And right at his peak, he left. He's like the he's like the only guy the Saints ever had that was at his peak. And they he left like all the other people. They signed them. Well, how, how, how far – you mean in the Sean Payton era? Yeah, in the Sean Payton era. Like okay. he's, the, he's the only guy – I would argue he's the only guy that when he left, you were like, fuck, I can't believe you know he got away. And the thing is he went to Tampa and he got the Black Plague, the MERS, whatever it is, the MRSA or whatever you call it. And his the career – Staph infection, yeah. Yeah, the staph infection. His career – he's done. So – it kind of clouds our judgment because we only our only experience Saints fans have with Carl Nix is he's awesome. You know, if they'd assigned Carl Nix to an extension that that they ended up giving to Grubbs, if he, if Carl Nix had taken it and continued to be awesome, this pick could be really difficult. Or if he would have signed that contract and had as bad a luck as he had in Tampa, we'd probably think worse of him. We'd be like, yeah, the Saints wasted all that money when they re-signed him. But that all that said, I'm gonna go Colston. But it was harder than I – I thought about it more than I did. Andrew, who do you have? Yeah, I think it's got to be Colston. Um, you know, I, I think just the consistency. You know, I, I think you look at Colston's seasons, 
and I think his two worst years he had like 900 yards. I mean, you look at his stats from last year, and everyone's like, oh, he's done. He's not good anymore. And I think any receiver in the league could put up the numbers that Colston did last year, and people would say someone is is, is an awesome player. So uh, I, I think that speaks to the standard that he set. You know, anything less than – 78 catches for a thousand yards and and t- 10 touchdowns is considered a shitty season for Marcus Colston. So that speaks for itself. Kevin hyperbaric chamber bitches. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Kevin, you could, you can start this one off. Jimmy Graham, the three seed versus Jermon Bushrod, the six, the six seed. I think this one's kind of tough. It is. Well, but go ahead, Kevin. I'm mulling. It's oh, tough. He's another one that kind of left in his prime. Uh, yeah, but I mean, I think I think we always thought that J- Bushrod, Drew Brees, kind of made him. I mean, he's not like tearing it up in Chicago, is he? He's doing all right. I mean, he's a quality tackle. He's not a scrub by any means. No. So Kevin, I, I'm gonna go. Oh God, I'm gonna go Grandblore. Any particular reason? Uh, I just liked him bending the fucking goalposts in Atlanta. Yeah. Yes, that was fun. Yeah, I'm going to go Jimmy Graham, too. It was the thing that makes Jimmy Graham a great draft pick is they turned a th- he was a third round pick and they turned him into a one and a Pro Bowl center when they decided to trade him. So that sort of doesn't I mean, in my mind, that sort of adds to his value even more. Yeah, no, I agree with that. Except that you, this you voted against Kenny Stills with the exact same. You could use the exact same logic there, but um, yeah, I think it's Graham. I would vote Graham as well. And I think the main takeaway with Graham is just that he he was, you know, I think Bushrod was never as good as his two Pro Bowls suggested that he was. I think he was one of those guys. You know, anytime you have a tremendous amount of success and your line is very good. There's always going to be, you know, you could argue it's Byron Maxwell maybe with the Seahawks, but there's always some role player on your team that gets a little overrated by association of just being around winners. And I felt like Bushrod, while he was a good player, a decent role player, um, he was one of those guys, you know, that just kind of felt a little overrated. And, um, you know, Graham, I mean, at his peak when he was playing his best was – uh, arguably one of the best playmakers in the league, in the entire league. Um, and so you, know, you, you ask the average NFL who fan who Jimmy Graham is, everyone knows. You ask the average NFL fan who German Bushrod is, and no one would have a clue who you're talking <laughs> about. So I think you know, Graham, Graham is a marquee player in the league. All right, we've gone to the final four then. Jari Evans, the one seed, versus Morstead, the five seed. Uh, Kevin, who you got? Oh shit, we're actually doing the final four. Um Hell yeah. Oh, oh Dave, we got back Dave. just in time. Nice. Jari Dave. Evans versus who? Morstead? Yeah, Morstead. Shit. It's a tough one. It is. So my seating was pretty good, by the Your way. Seating it's was one, sh- two, three, and five. Dave was bitching about my seating, but uh yeah. no it. You know, only well, because, four didn't make it. No, the seating was still shitty, but, like, you're going to – well, whatever, maybe not. No, I don't know. <laughs> no. You can't really – his seating was his seating was pretty good. I think we had a couple of quibbles, but I can't even remember what I had for breakfast, much less what we did three weeks ago in this tournament. So, Kevin, who you got, Jari Evans or Morstead? Fuck, Jari Evans. Dave, who you got? Thanks for joining us, by the way. You're welcome. Sorry I'm late. So nice of on. you to show up. I know. Well, last Monday I didn't have power, so I couldn't charge my phone. <laughs> <laughs> and then during the draft, I'm a busy beaver. Um, I got to take Evans. Evans was what? Sixth round? Fourth. Fourth. Oh, oh, oh. Mm-hmm. Man, this is tough. I, I thought Jari Evans was later, and so I was going give, to give it to him. Uh, Morstead was what? Fifth? Yeah. They traded up to get Morstead. I don't know. This is tough because, I mean, you know, Morstead, just as any punter, I mean, they they just they play such a crucial part in in the field position game, which oh, ultimately it. has such 
such a huge bearing on every single football game. And, you know, I mean, it's just him and it's just the one, the one person and he's got a lot on his shoulders, but at the same time, I mean, Jari Evans has been a pro bowl guard almost every year that he's been in the league. And yeah, I think I'd have to go with Evans. I'm, I'm going to go with Morstead, and here's my reasoning. When the Saints traded up for him, and you know they you know, these two guys, they got picked in about the same spot, right, fourth or fifth round. When the Saints traded up for him, they sort of bet more on Thomas Morstead when they picked him. So that's the reason I'm going to go with Morstead being a better draft pick just ever so slightly. Well, you know what? Uh, you know, I'm going to change my vote to Morstead, too, actually. And, I mean, and so, sort of along the lines of what Ralph said, too, but also because I feel like, I don't know, I think it takes a little bit of a little bit of guts to draft a punter, uh, specifically in the fifth round. I mean, you just it rarely happens. I feel like most teams just just just, you know, wait until the draft is over and and move and, up. Yeah, yeah. So, of I, all I mean, the god awful picks that Sean Payton's made, I can't believe trading up for a punter was one of yeah, his best that's ones. Why, that's, I think that's why you got to give it to Morstead because I mean, not they 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 pinpointed Morstead. They knew they wanted him. They traded up to get him. They drafted him, and it was a good pick. I mean, I think just as far as a total draft scenario uh, from a from a evaluation standpoint, a scouting standpoint. A pulling the trigger standpoint, um, they 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 got everything right with Morstead. And it's I, a, I, I think probably for Evans, you know, he was a small school guy, and I mean, obviously they, they knew they wanted him and, and they liked him and they they did their research, but it was, you know, I, I feel like if, if Evans didn't become the player he became and maybe became sort of a bust, everybody'd be like, all right, well, you know, whatever, that's one of many, but but to draft a quarter uh, a punter. And, you know, if, if Morstead had been a bust, he, he would he would probably be highly ranked as far as stupidest. Draft well, here's here's the that thing the Saints had made. Here's the thing before, you know, before Andrew makes his pick is with, a you know, if you trade up, like, say the Saints, they traded up for this corner swan. If he ends up being just like a mediocre contributor. People will be like, oh, that was okay. But, like, when you trade up for a punter, I feel like he's got to be either great or really yeah. good. Like, if, yeah. if Morstead was just okay, people would be like, you traded up for a mediocre punter. Boo-hoo, that was bad. So, like, when they traded up for the punter, when you trade for a punter or a kicker, uh, trade up, they got to be great. And he was. So, that. So anyway, but Andrew, go ahead. I mean, this is ridiculous, guys. I mean, you're talking about one Pro Bowl against six Pro Bowls. Uh, like I said before, Evans is arguably the only draftee of Sean Payton that has even a remote shot at, at the Hall of Fame. So, and, what? So, what did it end up being? Was it two-two or was it? Yeah, it's two-two. All right. I mean, this is ridiculous. How could you not pick Evans? <laughs> I will tweet it out. All right. Well, Andrew. Tweet I mean, for me personally, it's hard. I, I don't. You know, I don't sit there. I don't watch tape. I don't. I don't watch the old. You guys are holding the fact that Jari Evans is a guard against him. If he was producing at the same level and he was a running back or a receiver, you guys would all be creaming your pants every Sunday about how awesome Jari Evans is. I mean, do you? You're basically holding his position against him. Well, let me ask two questions. Do you think being one of two guards on a in a football game is as equally important as being the one and only person who totally controls field position, you know, in a, in a not totally controls. I mean, but but I don't know. I, I think more, I think you're undervaluing punting. Dave, in the Saints' best seasons, how often were the Saints punting the football? Uh, well, I don't. Not as often. I, I suppose the answer you're looking for is not as often as they do when they have a shitty season. But I'm, I'm but just saying. Look at. Best the best years, the three best years for the Saints, 2006 when, when Morstead wasn't on the team, 2009 and 2011, you, you, you add those three years together, and what was the common denominator? Drew Brees wasn't touched. The Saints ran the ball for about five yards a carry at will. Right, but Jari Evans was one of five people who was responsible 
for not letting Drew Brees get touched. Probably the most the responsible. In his position. Probably the most responsible. I mean, that's like saying Ray Guy is better than Willie Rofe. <laughs> well, I mean, but it's but it's not. I mean, se- seriously, seriously, put pipe down. But I mean, but but this isn't this isn't the best player tournament. This is the best draft pick. So you have to factor in other things. That's why I voted for him. If it was best, if it was best player, right. of course it's if of, if, if it's you're best... sitting there in the fourth round and Thomas Morstead and Jari Evans are available, knowing what we know now. Who would you Evans? Say? Well, I think that's part. I think that's. I think that's part of it. But I also, I also think trading up for a punter and nailing it and him being the best punter in football. I think that makes it a better quote unquote draft pick. But of course, Jari Evans is the better player. But I think that I, I take Thomas Morstead is, he, but he would be a better pick for an offense like Baltimore, where they rely on field position and defense. Yeah. A punter, the best punter in the league, is less critical for an offense that's number one, scoring points at will. I, I'm not trying to naysay Morstead here. I, I'm just, Jari Evans is on a different stratosphere in terms of worth and, and quality. Well, let uh, me flip the let me let me flip the script for a team that has a shitty defense. Isn't a really good punter really important? So you're pinning so you're pinning the opposing offense back deep and limiting your defense's ability. You know, and and trying to help your defense from not totally fucking it up. So you could look at it from the other way. No, because you're never punting. You're always putting the ball in the end zone. <laughs> I don't know. Well, that's, somebody that's, tweeted we out. No, that's not true. Somebody They're tweeted out because we got to get to the next one and we got to break the tie. So somebody tweeted out. And not to mention, he does kickoffs. All right, somebody. Somebody. In the end zone. Every kickoff. Hey, I realize he's awesome. He's still not better than Jari Evans. Okay. So the next one is Jimmy Graham. Well, who's tweeting this out? Because I'm not. Yeah, I'll tweet I'm, I'm in a car. G- Jimmy Graham. Or Marcus Colston. Kevin, who you got? Shit, why do I have to go first? Um, I'll go first. Marcus Colston. This isn't even close. Marcus Colston wins this whole tournament. <laughs> Kevin, go ahead. All right. I'm I'm glad Dave jumped uh, got out of the Apollo capsule first and was the first guy on the moon for that one. I'll be Buzz Aldrin <laughs> then, and I will also say Marcus Colston. All right, so he's nearly Mr. Irrelevant, like I said before. He gets drafted as a tight end out of a defunct football, out of a now defunct football program. Back when I was working as part of the quote unquote legit sports media, we get told, oh no, he's going to be competing to be wide receiver. And we're like, wait a minute, they drafted fucking Mike Haas, who won the, uh, won the whatever the award was for best wide receiver in college football, and he beats that guy out of the job. So yeah, I'm going to go Colston. Yeah, and Colston, the fun thing about him was he looked fucking terrible in minicamp. And the Saints didn't really play him that much in preseason. And they just, like, after like a couple of weeks, I I think they traded Stallworth without even playing a preseason game, Andrew, if I remember right. So I'm picking Colston. No, I, I thought they traded Stallworth. Uh, I thought it was like about halfway through preseason they Maybe. shipped him out. Maybe so. Um, but it was quick. It was quick. Yeah, it was quick. No, I mean, Colston was picked in the seventh round. I, I think the value and the mileage that the Saints got out of that pick is undeniable. Not he just the seventh it. round, though, but like the like fourth from last pick. He, he, yeah. Which I would assume then was a compensatory pick. Was he a compensatory pick? I believe that's accurate. Wow. Interesting. All right, so it's a clean sweep for old Colston there. Yeah. Do we so have a tiebreaker for uh, Evans and Morstead yet? It's Evans. Yes. Uh, so, there you go. Who, who tweeted that out? Me. Well, so who, we, who who answered though? Who was uh, the person on Twitter? We had Twitter a bunch of people answered. We had Adam Foshe answered. Robert. Adam. Adam, the voice of reason. Captain Thank Kirk you. was actually the first one, but each every every person did Evans. So I guess Andrew's right on that. So we're now we're we're at we gotta go. We got uh, who who else is we we got um, we got Evans and Colston. That's it. Yeah, Evans and Colston. Are we saving that for next week? We'll save that for next week. Can, Andrew, can you get to the Twitter questions? I can. Go ahead. All right. 
I'm trying to motor through this because now I got to edit this bad boy into th like three parts and a pain in the ass. So as we have dead air here, what was that? It sounded like a car horn going off. It was my car horn. I locked my car door. Nice. All right, are you guys ready? I'm ready. Go fire, start start firing. All right. Um, wow, it looks like a lot of these questions came from seven hours ago. <laughs> um, so the first one's from uh, our friend Bradley, Bradley Warshore from, uh, I'm sure, Butcher's last name in Ralph style there. Uh, how do you pronounce that? Warshower? Yeah, I think so. Um, from uh, Blog and Gold Report. He... Um, he wants to know uh, in which week will Kikaha break the team sack record? <laughs> week five. Week five. I'm thinking week two. Um, all right. Adam Fasho wants to know what is the over under on how many times Ralph will butcher Kikaha's name during the season? That's off the board in Vegas. It's off the board. <laughs> Can't. He nailed it so far. Kik well, the, fir the, the hard thing is the first name, I think. Kikaha is not that hard, but, but the first name is difficult. But all right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give this one to Kevin. Kevin's going to love this one. Kevin, because this is from Don Takano. Uh, because the Saints didn't draft a wide receiver, will Andy Tanner finally <laughs> be given a shot at making the roster? <laughs> Everywhere you look, everywhere there's a place. There's a place. There's somebody who needs you. Yes. <laughs> oh, Andy Tanner, he's like the white receiver zombie. He just never dies. So Wait, this is a good segue. Uh, this is from Richard, Richard Dean Bow. He wants to know, how concerned should we be about the wide receiver depth? Dave? Oh, I don't think there should be any concern. I, I feel like, and I, you know, I feel like a few people share this view viewpoint with me. But I mean, you've got Brandon Cooks, a guy that you spent a very high draft pick on last year. You've got, um, obviously, you've got Colston coming back. You have, um, you've got a lot of young guys like Shantavius Jones and Brandon Coleman. Um, I don't think Andy Tanner is going to make the roster this Nick year, um, but. Nick Toon, I, I mean Joe Morgan. Well, yeah, you know, we'll see about Morgan, but you've you, you've you've got guys. I mean, I mean, just because they're not brand spanking new, um, it doesn't mean uh, that they're that they're garbage and that they're no good. And you know, I think we've all said this before, but when it comes to the Saints' offense and Drew Brees and the way they spread it all around, I mean, they don't need they don't need one or two great receivers. They just need a few good guys and, 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 and the offense will be fine. So, I mean, I, I, I would have liked to have maybe seen them draft a wide receiver um, just as insurance, I guess you could say um, just to guarantee that, uh, that the wide receiver position will be solid and, and will be locked down. But I, I think it's going to be fine. I really do. All right, this this one's for Ralph. Ralph, um, this is from Aaron Moncrief. Is Louisiana going to riot if Lyle Collins signs somewhere else? Yes. Yes, they will, and they will be very mean to him on Twitter, and it will probably get ugly. Um, Saints fans, message, stay out of the message boards. It's getting kind of crazy up in there. Uh, people are going to be pissed. <laughs> people are going to be pissed if he doesn't sign with the Saints. That's all I can say, man. All right, uh, Dave, Monadula wants to know, how stupid did I look when I when it turned out Ian Rappaport had it correct when the Saints drafted a QB? How stupid did who look? Monadula. Why, because he said that they were never going to draft one? Yeah, I think he, he kept, you know, I mean, Ian Rappaport's been talking about the splash report since... Splash report! Since the mid-season mark, and uh, he's he's been steadfast in saying the Saints would pick a guy early, a quarterback early. I don't well, know if the third round counts as early, but yeah, yeah, I know you and I disagreed on that. I I think the third round counts as early. I I think if it's on, you know, the first or the second day, I, I think that qualifies as 
as early. And fortunately for Manadula, I didn't notice that he had said that. But, um, uh, you know, I don't think he looks as stupid as as the guy who said that he would fly Ian Rappaport down so he can punch him in the dick if they drafted Bryce Petty. Um, <laughs> you know, for, fortunately for Manadula, I think that guy took most of the spotlight. Yes, he did. Um, <laughs> and I was really hoping it was going to happen. All right, uh, Dylan Federico. Federico, I'll answer this question. He says over under Saints win 10.5 games in 2015. I, I still think with the amount of changes, I, I feel like the offense might regress a bit. Um, I I'm very much in. They got to show me something mode right now. I'm, I'm cautious about this team, so I'm going to say under 10 and a half games for now. Um, all right, we'll go around the horn on this one. Super Saiyan Saint wants our favorite pick and our worst pick from this draft. I'll go first. Favorite pick for me is the seventh rounder, uh, the little squirt from Missouri. I seven think, kicks? Uh, I did not know that. Yeah, seven. Yeah, I mean, I, I think he, he's, um, he, he could be something special. I still think Kikaha is going to be the best player from this class. I, I'm really excited about him, and I think when it's all said and done, years down the road we'll look back at this class, and I think a lot of teams will look at Man, I cannot believe we passed on Kikaha in the first and then the second round. That guy was awesome. So I'm excited about him. Um, I mean, the least favorite for me has got to be the quarterback, Grace. And I just felt like in the third round, uh, the Saints didn't have to do that. And I just don't see it, too. I don't think Grayson is the starting quarterback three or four years from now for the Saints. I could be wrong, but I'm not sure I see that. Dave? Yeah. I mean, I think the hot pick definitely has the most upside. Um, you know, the smart money might be on might be on him, but I'd, I'd, I'd maybe go with um, with this. How, how do you pronounce his name? Stefan Anthony? Stefan? I think it's Stefan. Stefan Anthony. Um, you know, if if he's as good as some people say, um, I, I know Chris Collinsworth was. Uh, I, I, Dave cut out. That's a he shot. was really high on Anthony. I cut out. Yeah, he did. You, you you, but Chris Collinsworth was really high on Anthony. Who's the worst pick, though? And then Dave, he's cutting out strong tonight. It's not even like a Burger King Burger King drive-through. It's like we don't hear him at all. All right, what about you, Kevin? He, he could have the most impact, I think, on, on the team right, right <laughs> off. Hey, cool, cool story, bro. <laughs> we missed it. I'm back. <laughs> what, what, Andrew what? with the fucking daggers. <laughs> I didn't even hear me get made fun of. Did I get made fun of? Yeah, you did. Because oh, yeah. <laughs> we didn't even hear you. Kevin, go ahead. <laughs> Repeat the question. Best, worst, <laughs> pick. favorite pick and worst pick. Uh, yeah, worst pick is going to be the, uh, the Florida guy, uh, Florida state guy. And you know what? I'm just going to, I'm basically like, I don't have a favorite pick, so I'm just going to pick like some fucking rando thing. I'm going to say the fucking ra- running back that they picked last. You know why? Cause he's probably going to end up rushing for a thousand fucking yards at some <laughs> point and basically be like Pierre 2.0. <laughs> I'm yeah, serious. Please. Watch this. Watch this fucking guy play for keeps. Play for keeps. He, Somebody's got to take that mantle. I'm gonna clip this sound, Kevin, and save it just in case. Oh, it's, dude, it's, if he if this cat fucking plays for keeps, I will pound my chest until my dying day. He's gonna run for a thousand yards and run five kickoffs back, all before midseason. Uh, All right, this is we got a lot of questions, so let's let's start answering quicker here. All right, Uh, Ralph, this is a good question from Alfredo. I like this question. The one player you were hoping the Saints would draft was I want to call and they can still get him. God damn it. (laughs) Yeah, hopefully they get him. Um, All right, this is from Monadula again. Andrew Music Man, which Jethro Tull song? Should we feature uh, on, on Tull's highlight reel at the end of the season in 2015? <laughs> I'd be a lo- I'm going to go with Locomotive Breath um, because oh he's. That's my favorite one. 
Yeah, that's a good one. Um, all right, let's see. Uh, all right, this is another one from Dylan. Uh, I'll give this one to Dave. Should Kyrie Robinson feel threatened with Marcus Murphy and Tim Hightower, uh, both on the roster, vying for his spot? I mean, there's no reason to feel threatened as long as you take care of your, your business and, uh, you know, and you, and you do you. So, uh, <laughs> so my answer is no. And, and my, my, you know, any, any good football professional football player uh, would simply use it as motivation and, and, and use it to make sure that he's, he's playing at the best top level he can be playing at. All right, this is a dual question for me and Kevin. This is from Monadula. He said the Saints, uh, the Saints dropped the ball by dropping ball. Um, he wants thoughts, a fun answer from Kevin, and a serious answer from me. Thoughts on the Saints dropping the ball? I have no fun. I mean, what? <laughs> I. I am so. You, you understand. You understand what the question is, right? Marcus Ball was cut today. Yeah. Okay. I mean, obviously he didn't make that much of a fucking impact. He's the Canadian Sammy Knight. Oh well, I mean, yes, I guess we got to go to his uh, non-union Mexican equivalent then. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think the Saints are loaded at safety, and he played some. He he was supposed to be a special teams guy, and he was supposed to be really good there, and he kind of wasn't, and I thought he was a disaster. I, I thought the thing he struggled with the most last year was just the plays. I, mean, I, I just think he was out of position a lot. He was confused, and uh, I think he had a hard time grasping the defense. So yeah. uh, I think that's why, yeah, like I don't care how talented he is. He, he, he didn't get it. Um, so I, I, I kind of saw this coming, especially with the depth of that position. So yeah, uh, I, I don't think he was making the team anyway this year. Um, all right, let's see. This one's from Joe Valenti. Um, Ralph, uh, now that we've seen the draft, do you think the Jimmy Graham trade was worth it? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, so basically we're talking Aunt Stefan Anthony and Max Unger for Jimmy Graham. Uh, at this moment, I would say definitely because you got you got you got help on your line and you got des- you got a linebacker that you a, a a good high linebacker pick that the Saints haven't done really and potentially if Unger is good and the linebacker is good, it can definitely be worth it. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, all right, you can uh, commence your heavy breathing, Ralph, because this is a, a tweet from the Gear Fondler. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, he, he, he actually doesn't have a question, just a comment. He says, the free agency signings gave us, gave us some sexy. The draft gave us a firm foundation, firm foundation pieces. Um, so that's his feeling on the draft. Yeah. Um, this one's from uh, Champion33, Don't Panic. <laughs> uh, this one's for you, Ralph, or, or I'll give this one to Dave. What is the starting O-line in week one if all top guys are healthy? So I'm assuming he wants you to name the five starters. Um, I, I don't think Pete starts immediately. So I, I think from the left side to the right side, I mean, I think you're looking at um, Armstead, Evans, Unger, I guess what, Lolito? Well, who's, who's, Evans is the right guard, so Lolito okay, would be yeah, second. So, yeah. so Lolito, Unger, uh, Evans, and, uh, and but but I I certainly can see. Um, I, I, I'll say this, you know, if if Armstead struggles, then he's obviously going to give him a reason to for them to just throw. Pete in there and, and see what they what he's got just like I mean that's how Armstead found himself in, in as the starting tackle when Charles Brown just was just terrible and said that's it I, we can't take it anymore um, but I'm um, you know if Armstead can hold his own then I would imagine that they're just going to hold Pete off for the entire year and let him red shirt and learn and then um, and then plug him in in 2016. I'm, I'm going to go with a dark horse here, and I'm going to say Kelamete is your starting left guard week one over Lolito this year. All right, Andrew, two more questions, then we got to get out of here. All right. Um, 
Well, we've got a few more. Let's go one-word answers here. Okay. Um, all right. The, I want to try to get everybody in here. The the angry Ocho wants to know, uh, what do you think the post-Skidel bro hug decontamination process for our draftees involve? Ooh, it's got to be like. That's like, a Kevin question. That's a okay. Kevin. Yeah, go ahead, Kevin. D lousing. <laughs> like in Shawshank. <laughs> Kevin, you there? Have you have you muted yourself? He probably. Oh shit! I hit the mute button. God, of course he fucking did. <laughs> Son of a bitch. Classic. <laughs> Classic held. Kevin, did um, you hear my movie reference? Yeah, I did. And Bill Simmons is sending his team of lawyers to your house as we speak. Did you hear um, the question? Yes, I did. Did you understand the question? Yes, I did. And now are I need you, you to repeat it. Are you prepared? You are just, you prepared to give us your answer? Well, you guys just confused me with all of those questions, and now I need to hear the question again. All right. <laughs> what do you think the post-Goodell bro-hug decontamination right. process right, right, for right. our draftees okay. involved? Right. And Dave said de-lousing like in Shawshank. Uh, that was Dave, Mr. Simmons, not me. Um, any hoozle. Actually, I, I, go the other, I go the complete opposite. I do a total 180. I think that they don't know any better because they haven't been fucked over by him yet, and they haven't really been in the players' union, so they really don't know. So they go out there, and they're all happy and excited, and it's like, oh, look at me. I'm wearing a giant oversized uh, suit, and you know everything looks great, and oh, my mom's happy, and my dad's happy, and blah, 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 blah. And then, oh, look, there's the commissioner, and let me just give him a big old hug, and da-da-da-da-da. Even though, like, five or six years from now, all those guys are going to look back to that moment at the draft, and they're going to think, man, if I'd have just squeezed a little bit tighter, I could have crushed that son of a bitch's spleen. <laughs> and he cracked like a rib. So I'm saying none of them. I've, in fact, I think some of those guys, I guarantee you there's at least – a handful of guys in the first round that'll probably never wear those suits again, but they'll keep them in a prominent location. Nice. Like if you like if you asked them, hey, where's your uh, your draft suit? Oh, it's right here. And they could easily go and pull it out within like five or ten minutes. <laughs> no, it's framed under glass in my bathroom. All Shit, right. I'd do something like that. I'd have it over my shitter. All right, guys, rapid rapid fire one answer here, one-word one answers. Adam Fascio, I'll answer this one. He wants to know, is Drew Brees a better point guard or AD a better receiver? I think AD would be awesome for one game until his twig legs were snapped in half, so I, I'm going to go Drew Brees. Um, all right, Ralph, N8 wants to know, uh, Paul Dawson, Sammy Coates, and Eli Harold are all sitting there. Why do we pick a backup QB? Because Sean Payton needs a project. All right, uh, the gear fondler. Actually, this is for you, Ralph, specifically. He wants to know, is there still room on the Astros bandwagon? There's plenty of room, plenty of room. As I'm looking at the game, they've won 10 in a row, and they have dozens of fans at the game tonight. All right, last question. I'll take this one. Chris Crosby wants to know, any chance we, we would pursue Lyle Collins? What's the risk at this point? I think all 32 teams are pursuing him. I think if he's cleared, everyone wants him. And I think this all the Saints can really offer him is a place close to home. Uh, my guess is he will when, – when you've got 32 NFL teams, I just don't think the lure of playing at home, I think he's going to pick the best situation for him professionally, and that's probably not the Saints. Oh, for fuck's sake. He's going to sign with the Patriots, isn't he? Oh, Jesus. Yeah. Or Atlanta. I bet he'll sign with, I bet he'll sign with the freaking Broncos. That's my bet. Yeah. Son of a bitch. All right, that wraps up the draft review. Uh, remember to donate. We need to pay our subscription fee of like $90 for 2015 so we can have tons of downloads. Thanks for everybody in April for giving us over 6,000 downloads. Uh, obviously, New Orleans had draft fever. And of all the NFL cities, New Orleans had the highest ratings for the NFL draft. Draft fever is, in fact, better than Bieber fever. <laughs> it is. Um, we didn't talk about the fight at all, but no one gives a shit anyway. Um, so for our fearless leader, for our fearless leader Dave, for Andrew, for Kevin, uh, and as always, Kevin is on Tinder. 
No, I'm um, not. I'm on OKCupid. Oh, OKCupid. Okay, and go to Saint Nation and go to Canal Street Chronicles. For, for all these three knuckleheads, I'm Rob. Uh, until next week, uh, be well. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more.